eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. It all started... I think in Mike McDaniel's first, I don't even think it was like an interview or a press conference. It was just a video where he said it, Josh, check your pulse if you're not fired up. So I want to start this pod with a couple of stats I have here, and I want to call them check your pulse if you're not fired up stats. And these all come from Robert Mays of the Athletic Football Show. The Miami Dolphins, they lead the NFL in success rate on offense. That's the percent of plays that are successful, efficient, breaking news on that one. On top of that, they have the highest big play percentage in the league. 17.5% of their plays have been explosive so far. There is a bigger gap between them and the team in second, between the team in second than the team in 11th. So the gap between one and two is bigger than the gap from two to 11. That is how explosive this Miami Dolphins offense has been. One more stat, Josh. I can sense the goosebumps already. 25.3% of pass attempts have gained at least 16 yards. The Dolphins led the league last year with 18%. So they are already at 25% of their pass attempts, Josh, going to 16 yards. What is making this pass attack work so well, especially you consider, man, it's Tyreek Hill. You usually think Jalen Waddle's the 1B, but 
He's had his big moments, but I don't think we've even seen Waddle hit his ceiling yet. So what makes this offense just hum play after play? Yeah, that's what's so intriguing, right? These guys haven't even some haven't even maxed out their potential yet. But um, you're asking what makes it go. I mean, is it cliche to say Mike McDaniel and Tua Tungvaloa? I mean, this is his second season in this offense. It's clear that Tua Tungvaloa has a better grasp of things. You see the way they're using this inside-out motion to kind of open up space inside those defenses and make things a lot easier for Tua. I think he's getting the ball out quicker than just about anybody in the league. That he probably is the quickest. I, I should have that stat up too. I think I'm sure I retweeted that. But um, I believe the way Tua Tungvaloa has a grasp of this offense, the way Mike McDaniel scheming things, getting his playmakers in space, allowing them to get that yak yardage. It's just crazy, man, because last season, you know, we were, what, sixth in the NFL overall offense? To see that thing already ballooning up here, you're listing off all these insane stats, man. What world are we living in? I mean, this offense somehow got better than last year, at least early on, it seems. So um, it's all clicking, man, and I think it has a lot to do with the guy in charge to a time below, obviously. And then you got to give credit to the offensive line because without that offensive line, taking that next step and really stepping up this year. You know, they heard the naysayers talking about how, um, you know, they weren't good enough, how Tua was going to get hurt. They've really stepped up, only allowed one sack. So it's everyone, uh, one big harmony. And then we won't even talk about the defense till later, but it's all coming together, Jake. It feels good. It feels real good. It is so crazy to me that Tua can get the ball out in less than two seconds. So he's getting the ball out quickly and the Dolphins still are throwing the ball farther downfield than any other team. That just to me blows my mind because you look at this Denver team and I think an issue with Russ is sometimes he'd let plays develop and as a result, he'd get hit. The fact that the Dolphins have that perfect balance of not letting Tua get hit and still launching the ball down the field is so impressive. Josh, season op- or a home opener, excuse me, Hard Rock Stadium, Tyreek Hill wants to make a statement. I know that for a fact. However, the Denver Broncos have a pretty good cornerback in Patrick Sertain II. He shadowed Devontae Smith in week one, who caught six of nine targets for 66 yards, along of 18. That kind of sounded like what the Patriots did to Tyreek last year, where they were really trying to limit what the Dolphins were doing um, in the air, where Hill caught five of nine targets for 40 yards and a touchdown. Do you think someone like Patrick Sertain will shadow Hill? And if so, how does he do that with all the motion the Dolphins are using in all the different directions? Yeah, I mean, that's what Denver's trying to think of right now, right? How do we cover him? I mean, if Jalen Waddle's out, that obviously probably makes them more likely, perhaps, to maybe shadow Tyreek Hill. Because then if you have Sertan matched up on him, then you're asking, what, River Craycraft, Braxton Berrios, Eric Azucoma to get open. And, you know, you got to like your odds there compared to Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill. So I don't think Denver even knows how they're going to stop this thing. I do think Patrick Sertan's obviously one of the best. I just never know if my audio goes out there. Obviously, Patrick Sertan's one of the best corners in football. Um, we all love his dad, right? Um, so I think he'll sh- definitely shout out Tyreek Hill. And then we just got to see who Damari Mathis and those other guys in that secondary matchup against. I did look it up the last time uh, when Tyreek Hill was with the Chiefs in 2021. He was matched up against Kyle Fuller. So um, first battle between him and Patrick Sertan. It'll be an interesting one. And uh, we'll see who comes out on top, right? But I do think with Jalen Waddle most likely out of this, it'll make things a little bit easier for that Broncos defense. There's a SpongeBob quote, and I should have looked up beforehand, but it's just Patrick, Patrick basically yelling, let's take um, let's take the city and, and move it over there. And it's just this really generic, silly quote. But it kind of feels like, Josh, that's what the Dolphins are doing with their offense. It used to be attack the middle of the field, attack the middle of the field. It seems like Mike McDaniel said, let's take the middle of the field and push into the sideline. It was so fun to watch that Patriots game because if you look at Tua's um, passing chart, it was so many passes to the outside. And then all of a sudden when the Patriots decide, okay, we need to get out there and cover these receivers, boom, Raheem Mostert, 40-yard rushing touchdown. So 
Can you tell me a little bit about this balance you're seeing from this uh, offense and how defenses might be able to stop it? Because it, it just does seem like you can't really get a good taste on what the Dolphins are trying to do. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I really don't know if you can stop it. Everyone's trying to throw things at him. I mean, Brandon Staley had to feel pretty confident week one, and he got absolutely obliterated trying to stop this thing. So now with this new motion that they're using with the run game finally starting to pick up, you know, Mike McDaniel actually committing to it. I don't know. You got to take away one of those assets, uh, facets of the game. And I don't know that anybody can right now with the way the offensive line's moving. Um, so I guess you have to hope that you can take away Tyree Kill and have Tua beat you with using those other weapons. But I, I don't know how you do it. I know that Bill Belichick had a nice plan. You know, they were trying to take away the middle of the field. Um, Denver does have two very good linebackers, Josie Joel and Alex Singleton. Both are very good. I think, uh, Two sacks for Joel. They're both pretty good in coverage. So that could be a matchup where, again, they take away the middle and, you know, force the Dolphins to the outside. But you, you mentioned that passing chart, man, and it was just like splatter art. And he was just, like you mentioned earlier, so quick with that trigger, man. I mean, that's what's so impressive, that he can put the ball with the anticipation accuracy that he does in such a quick time. And the way he's reading these defenses. There was some uh, bar graph that I don't even understand that just came out today that was showing now he's like, um, you know, from the first read to his next read or whatever, this, that, and the other thing. Impressive stuff from Tua. And Denver Broncos defensive coordinator's old friend Vance Joseph, and we know he likes to blitz the quarterback. So that, too, is going to be another interesting level. Remember when there were rumors of him being the new head coach? Could you imagine him over Mike McDaniel and how uh, we'd be talking about what if for the rest of our life? Dude, I I'm so for once we dodged we dodged the ball and just hit the nail on the head of the uh, head coach. And that's a special thing, man. You only have to nail the head coach higher once because once you got your guy, you don't have to worry about it ever again. The Denver Broncos defense last week surrendered five yards per carry against the commanders. And then, you know, we mentioned it. Raheem Mostert was an absolute monster last week, 121 yards on 18 attempts. And Josh, I think something, if you can post it with this um, podcast, we don't talk enough about how just flat out mean Raheem Mostert is. There was one play he was going to the sideline where there was a, a Patriots defender just trying to pull him down. He just shoved him down to the ground on the sidelines. And it was the funniest thing where he's just like looking at him and starts screaming. Raheem Mostert is a bad, bad man. The fact that anyone thought that the Dolphins would need a true blue number one running back. If this man is healthy, dude, he is an absolute stud. So considering that, considering how the Broncos struggle to stop the run, who has that big day? I think we all want to say Tyree Kill, welcome to Hard Rock, season opener, let's sell some tickets. But man, Mostert seems to be emerging as a just a devastating weapon. Yeah, and if you guys listen to this podcast, I think both of us were just kind of confused. I mean, I know Jeff Wilson's hurt, but we were both confused as to why um, a lot of these fantasy analysts had Jeff Wilson ranked above Raheem Mostert. So um, love that you brought up that stiff arm, Jake, because it did look like you know a big cat playing with a kitten and just kind of like get off me, man. You're not you're not doing anything. It was a okay. it was just. It's just a different, you know, he, he brings that to his speed and explosiveness, and that's not really part, you know, what Raheem Mostert's known for. So he's getting bigger this offseason, working harder, and as long as you mentioned it, as long as he's healthy, man, the, the sky's the limit. I was going to say, as far as someone that kind of breaks out, could we go with Devon A-Chain? I mean, I know we're talking about touches, and I mentioned Eric Ezukomo. We know Salvin Ahmed's likely out. Could Devon A-Chain be that guy? I mean, I see him breaking off a big play, and that's really all you would really need for, you know, to, to start getting more touches and more involved in this offense. So – um, I like Raheem Mostert, but I'd go a little bit further out of the box thinking and maybe even say Devon A-Chain based on, you know, how explosive he is. But, dude, I, I don't know how Denver's going to stop this after what they did last week. And you just got to hope Mike McDaniel continues to commit to it because if you can run the ball for five yards per carry, um, you know, you're going to probably win that game. Sylvan Ahmed in each of the first two weeks got about six touches, a couple targets, a couple uh, 
attempts just running the football. And I think one of the things, Josh, that made him so successful, one, he's fast, but it was uh, kind of a sense of, oh, crap, there's another fast guy out there because you're thinking about Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, all these different guys. You have Raheem Mostert in the backfield uh, when Selvan Ahmed is getting the ball. So not only do you have to worry about the speed, it's the fourth worry of speed. It's the fourth thing down in your checklist. That's why I think I like Selvan Ahmed as a pick of just someone who, by the time you realize the ball's in his hand and you, the, by the time you realize Devon A-Chain's really fast, that it could be too late. That's the opportunity I look for. I, I do like the opportunity for him to uh, jump in here. Can we get that first Alec Ingold touchdown too? We've been waiting on this for three weeks and it just seems like we're so due for just like the Alec Ingold barreling in just to kind of have a statement touchdown. Yeah, and he was playing really mean last week too. I, I don't know what – all these guys are just being bullies out there. So you love to see it. I do want to see Alec Ingle get in the end zone. Um, he's definitely due. I think we both predicted him getting one in what, week one? So we, yeah. we want that Alec Ingle touchdown bad. The Broncos got to Sam Howell for four sacks a week ago, Joshua. The big key here – well, a very interesting – development is Teron Armstead it looks like he is trending in the right direction to play on Sunday and when you look at this Denver Broncos pass rush it's led by Randy Gregory he has one sack on the season a former second round pick of Dallas Josh what does this offensive line look like on Sunday if Teron Armstead is playing does Kendall Lamb still find a way out there after being so successful for two weeks or do you just kind of sit easy knowing you have a great backup just right waiting ready to go I think they'll probably do that last part, Jake. You know, they'll send Kendall Lamb to the bench and keep him as that break in case of emergency because we have seen what he's done um, throughout the first two weeks. Even dating back to last year, he looked pretty solid out there. I do think Kendall Lamb's on record is saying he is more comfortable on the right side. Is that is that Am I mistaken with that? I'm not sure. But I would wait to see if Austin Jackson slips up and then put Kendall Lamb out there. But we always hear the best five will play. And, I mean, you could probably make an argument that Kendall Lamb's playing better than Austin Jackson. So we'll see how it all comes down. Um, you mentioned Randy, Randy Gregory. He's a, you know, a beast off the edge. Hasn't really been putting up those crazy numbers this year. Jonathan Cooper leads the team with two sacks. Um, so those guys up front could give the Dolphins a bit of a you know worry. But, I, again, man, I'm uber confident in the way this offensive line is played. Probably shouldn't be, but um, I'm not too concerned with that pass rush. But as soon as I say that, you know, now they're going to put up what? I'm not even going to say on my sacks. I'm not even going to predict it. Switching over to the defensive side of the football Josh, one of the greatest developments about the Sunday night football game was the flat-out emergence of the pass rush. We didn't see a lot of it week one against the Chargers. I think that's partially because Justin Herbert, oh no, I'm going to say it, is a very good quarterback. He can get the ball out quickly. All of a sudden, though, Mac Jones, let me see here. I got the stats floating around. He was sacked four times. He was hit eight times. So, I mean, Andrew Van Ginkle, Bradley Chubb, man, this is a group that's finally starting to merge and show what we were all hoping for throughout the offseason. Yeah, and you mentioned how much of an uptick we saw in that pa pass rush. I mean, that was, again, without Jalen Phillips, without some of these other pieces. So, um, yeah, man, I think they blitzed. The only time they really got to Herbert week one was when they blitzed, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Last week, I mean, they were getting pressure in all sorts of ways. So, um, you mentioned – you know, Justin Herbert being that very good quarterback. At one point, we thought Russell Wilson was a good quarterback, right? I mean, I'm still waiting for him to do something here. I mean, in years past, you know, I might be a little bit concerned because it's Russell Wilson. You know, we've seen um, him look solid, but I, I don't know, man. He's turned into a pumpkin these last few years. So um, let's sack the hell out of him. Let's get that pressure and make him force, force him to make some mistakes because, I mean, 
all over the paper, right? Um, offense, defense. I feel like the Dolphins are checking every box, and that's making me a little bit worried. So maybe that is why people are calling this one a trap game because, um, you know, they're 0-2, and, you know, you, they can't be overlooked. But, um, yeah, man, that pass rush really stepped up. And Andrew Van Ginkle, you got to get him out on the field despite Jalen Phillips being healthy. Get him out on the field because when he was out there, man, he was he was all over Mac Jones. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Looking at this Denver offense, Russell Wilson, you're right. He's been a pumpkin, but he kind of looked like a Seahawk. Like if you squint a little bit, when he was throwing to Marvin Mims Jr. last week, he had two targets, two receptions, 113 yards. It kind of felt like those old, like to Tyler Lockett or even before that Golden Tate connections, Doug Baldwin, different players like that. So you think about that matchup. That's one that I kind of have circled because Denver did throw to a few different receivers last week. How do you think the Dolphins are going to spread themselves out on defense? Do you think about the fact you have Jalen Phillips coming back? You still want to get Andrew Van Ginkle out there. So you got someone like Marvin Mims, who is an absolute burner. Do you go with someone like Cater Kohu, who has shown that while uh, receivers are going to catch balls against them, they ain't going anywhere after the fact? Or Xavier Howard, who there is a little bit of risk and reward, especially with those deep balls of he could come down with a pick, but we've seen it happen. You know, everyone gets a little older in the NFL. Uh, the Dolphins aren't completely healthy in the secondary. Who do you go with? Yeah, man, that's a good question because they still got Cortland Sutton too, right? And Jerry he can Judy. be said he could be. Oh, so they do have some weapons there. So, um, yeah, I don't know how you match up here. I mean, I while you were talking, the first thing I wanted to say was not Eli Apple, right? I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. He had a. 
he had a pretty bad game last week, man. So, I mean, we keep hearing about Cam Smith taking extra reps. We hear Vic Fangio talking about that. So maybe you match Cam Smith up, you know, give the rookie an opportunity against the rookie and Marvin Mims. But um, I don't know, man. They got some weapons out there on the outside. And you mentioned him being kind of like that Seattle um, quarterback. He is, right? I mean, he's not turning the ball over. I think he has five touchdowns and interception. He's being that, you know, quote-unquote game manager. So um, they got some weapons there for him to work with. And then Javante Williams, a running back that I've always thought the world of there. Obviously, much happier with Javon Holland. But they do got some playmakers there. So match them up with Cam Smith. Let's do that because Eli Apple, he can sit on the bench for all I care. Cam Smith, you mentioned it. He's been practicing more and more this weekend. You know, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say uh, surprised, but Josh, this is – an interesting matchup because Vic Fangio, he used to be coach of the Denver Broncos. Of course, the team has since sold since then, and it's an entire new coaching staff. So things don't really feel the same as it was when Vic Fangio was there. But you have to think there's a little bit inside of him just kind of wanting to make a statement, especially this is a Dolphins defense. Yes, they held the Patriots to 17 points, but I think there's still another level in terms of just potential that this unit can reach and keeping def- opposing offenses, I don't know, below 10 even once in a while if the stars align. Yeah, I mean, we were coming in here talking about top 10 uh, defense and how everywhere Vic Fangio goes, that's where the defense kind of skyrockets up into the top 10. And we were even kind of saying they should be potentially top five, unit, right? When we were healthy with Jalen Ramsey. So maybe we have a little bit of egg on our face or maybe we just haven't seen this whole thing come together. And um, you mentioned Vic Fangio. No one wants it more than him. Well, maybe Bradley Chubb wants it more than him. But those two guys want to go in there and, you know, show the entire franchise, despite who the owner is, despite who is in charge there making the moves that they made the wrong decision. So maybe we see some of those you know plays and the schemes and things that Vic Fangio is dreaming up this all season that we kept hearing about you know the different approaches there but um I'm with you Jake I want to see this defense bring it all together and hold a team to the 10 points this that and the other thing and you know this could be that game right home atmosphere hometown um your first game home opener you got the Vic Fangio revenge game Bradley Chubb I think you even mentioned River Craycraft why not put it to them so um, yeah, man, let's see what this Vic Fangio defense can do. But you got to stop a guy like Marvin Mims, who as soon as they get behind that secondary, it's game over, right? That's uh, Russell Wilson's bread and butter is that deep ball. I do really like this matchup, Josh, because it just seems like a perfect opportunity for this Dolphins defense. Wilson was sacked seven times, hit 14 times last week. One of the biggest plays against the Patriots was when Bradley Chubb came out of nowhere and forced a fumble um, as a trailer uh, on a pass play over the middle. So Joshua. If you're getting to Russell Wilson for 14 hits and you have guys like Andrew Van Ginkle, you have guys like Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, this is a unit that's not only going to hit Russell Wilson, but they're going to do what they can to take the ball away. You know, you mentioned he doesn't throw interceptions, but holding on to that ball that long doesn't mean you're immune to turning it over. Yeah, no, I mean, you're you're setting this thing up, man. We should, Everyone should go start the Dolphins defensive fantasy. Is that what you're trying to say, Jake? I mean, you're right. 14 pressures, that's that's absurd. So, um, hits. It, 14 hits. hits. That's oh. crazy. Yeah, that's, that's even worse. Damn. Okay, so, yeah, I think this is the opportunity for everybody just to come together, right? And this is just to be the perfect offense, defense, masterclass. But we're saying this. You know, it all sounds good saying it out loud. But we know this is the NFL. This is every given Sunday. We know Sean Payton's getting paid a shit ton of money. They're 0-2, man. He wants this game so bad. I'm sure Russ Wilson wants this game. It's not going to be as easy as it might sound on paper, but if they could put it all together, if Vic Fangio and that defense can do what we've seen them build upon these last few weeks, if that offense can continue to take the next step, man, we should convincingly win this one. If we are up there with, you know, the Chiefs and the Bills and all those teams that we sit here and pretend that we are, at least we we think we are, right? Yeah, we're AFC contenders. 
And then uh, here's a here's a quick nugget for you, Josh. I believe the Dolphins are nine and one in their last ten home games against the Broncos. You know what that one loss was? No. Tim Tebow, baby. How fun! Uh, yeah, remember how fun just, that game was? Yeah, you see, that's the Dory memory. I'm pretty sure we just did uh, mention down a, a pod like two two pods ago, and I already forgot. So yeah, that was just dumb, right? Stephen Ross uh, honoring the Florida Gators, and then Tim Tebow being Tim Tebow for that one game against us. Well, he had the playoff game, but that that was like the star. I just remember Daniel Tosh being so riled up about Tim Tebow, and, and it was just so disappointing. Welcome to another Dolphins podcast where you not only get to hear about the Tim Tebow game, but we also continue to bring up Urban Meyer. So we have all the good vibes, all the good thoughts. But, dude, looking at this Dolphins defense against this Denver offense, I can't help but love the matchup. I think Javante Williams, while he is a good playmaker, I think the Dolphins defense matches up with him really well. He's not necessarily that Austin Eckler type where he can just kind of evade everyone and find the and, and really attack the open field. I like this matchup for as you know queasy we tend to feel. This is one where I, I don't feel queasy at all. The home opener, I think this defense wants to make a statement. A couple players have kind of shuffled through the group in the first few weeks. Josh, how do you feel about David Long and how much he'll play on Sunday after uh, finally finding his footing against the Patriots? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel good. I feel like I have egg on my face because he was one of my stock down guys after one week, right? Where he didn't even really get out in the, where he didn't even really get out in the field. So I mean, I, I think David Long starting to hit his groove. He's starting to prove to be that difference maker in the middle of the Dolphins defense that we long yearned for. So um, I think he's trending up. He's more of that player we saw last week than the week before, and I think that's what we all want from this entire defense, right? I mean, that first week it was a little bit. Um, I mean, they got gashed in the run game, held Herbert in check a little bit, but we want to see more of the Dolphins defense that we saw last week than the one in week one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Deshaun Elliott keeps getting involved, too. That's another guy who I thought week two, you start to see that number one, number 21 more and more just being around the ball. I think he had a fumble recovery. I'm just continuously going to be focused on this defensive front. Maybe not the pass rush, the edge rushers, but I just want to see how things develop with Zach Sealer, Raekwon Davis, and, and Christian Wilkins, especially when you consider behind them, Deshaun Hand and Brandon Peely. Those are two undrafted free agents. And then you have Emmanuel Ogba, who has just been brutal for a couple weeks so is there anyone you kind of are hoping to see a little bit more out of defensively I mean I guess for me it'd probably be I want to see Andrew Van Ginkle continue to get those reps I mean I I don't need to see more of his production necessarily but I want to see him continue to get some reps with Jalen Phillips back in the lineup Emmanuel Ogba I mean again if we could we could get rid of him in that contract any day now because he's just taking up reps at this point so um yeah I'll I'll go with AVG just based on you know Jalen Phillips coming back but one thing we got to mention Jake is we're talking about how good the Dolphins you know kind of looked last week compared to week one they've been using Javon Hond a lot in the box kind of like we alluded Mm -hmm. to when Jalen Ramsey went down so he's being that difference maker he's kind of being that you know quote-unquote you know linebacker that big body that can come in there and and affect the run game as well as the passing game so I'm excited to see what Javon Holland continue to do right in this new role so uh, I'll say VG what about you Jake Who, who are you looking to see step up or you know maybe get some more snaps these next few weeks it it's just really figuring out how to get everyone on the field. Is it is it Raekwon Davis you play a little bit less so you can get another linebacker out there? I can't figure it out. 
Brandon, Brandon Jones. I should have said Brandon Jones, right? Don't we want to see Brandon Jones get more snaps? I guess that should have probably been my answer. But if you got Javon Holland coming down the box and you want to get Brandon Jones healthy, because that's another piece you're adding later. I, I don't know, man. Sorry, I had to bring that up. Sorry. No, that's I, I'm really happy you did, Josh, because we mentioned this about Tron Armstead, but Brandon Jones is another one. If he's not going to be fully healthy and playing by week four, why isn't why wasn't he put on IR, right? It's just why even play around with it if it's up for debate. And, you know, Javon Holland had... 11 total tackles, six solo, uh, one tackle for a loss. I mean, I think we mentioned it in the past too, Josh. I don't think we want the safety to be leading the team in tackles. So I'd love to see Brandon Jones get a little more involved and maybe take some of that in-the-box work away from Javon Howard, who then could be that free safety and help out with, you know, we mentioned the Marvin Mims and, and the threats they do have in this receiving group. Yeah, and we continue to hear, you know, Vic Fangio needed three safeties to, you know, utilize his defense properly. Right now, he's basically using the two, right? He's Deshaun Elliott, and I think Javon Holland both played um, 100% of the snaps last week. So I, I really I want to see more Brandon Jones because I think we all like what he can do, and I think you're right. He can be that guy that can also do some of the stuff that Javon Holland does, drop down in the box and let, you know, Javon Holland maybe – play nickel a little bit more drop back and play cover uh, free safety more in Rome there but um whatever it is man that defense looked much better last week and intrigued to see the way they go in, into this battle because um again we all were thinking the moon of this defense thinking top five top 10 aspirations we want to see it before um I guess we want to see that all come together and come to fruition this week you know we we both said that we'd love to see them hit that hold a team till 10 points but Come four o'clock on Sunday, Josh, is there a score that if the Denver Broncos scored X amount of points, you'd be disappointed in this defense? I mean, above, you know, maybe above 25. I don't know where that limit is. I mean, even that seems like, even, even that seems like a lot, but I'm sitting here thinking if I was going to say 30 and if they get to 30, I would just lose my damn mind. Right. I I got 27, 20 prediction for the game. I don't know if you want that now. So I'll say if it gets above 25, then I'd start to worry or even in 25, that, that seems like a lot of points, doesn't it? Exactly. And, and I'm right there with you. I, I think 17 again, Patriots, they're, they're home at Gillette Sunday night football, holding them to 17. If you can't do that in your home opener against the Denver offense that has struggled despite the Sean Payton effect, I think that might be a little bit of a little bit of a sign to start getting queasy. Josh, you hinted at it. Let's get into our predictions here. It's going to be a little tough. I'm excited to see how this offense responds after two big, big weeks. And Josh, I do think they come out swinging against the Denver Broncos. I have the Dolphins just walking with this game, like a 31 to 10. I think this is that statement when the Dolphins just beat two very tough opponents on the road. This is the game where you're supposed to show, hey, we're playing at home. We can go out there and have fun and put up points. Yeah, you just talked me out. I said 27-20. I'm going to go 27-13. Let's go with that. I, I do know it's supposed I think it's supposed to rain, and that could affect this game, scattered storms and things like that. But uh, you're right, Jake. This is a game that I had them getting 20 points. That seems like a lot. So we'll go 27-13 Dolphins. I feel like the offense is just that much better than Denver's defense, and the Miami Dolphins' defense is honestly that much better than what we've seen out of the Denver Broncos' offense. We should walk with this game, but – Again, it's the NFL, right? I mean, we've seen time and time again where these teams that should get run over somehow pull off that miracle, and then, you know, everyone's doubting us. So um, anything could happen, but Dolphins are going to walk with this one. 3-0 heading into what? Buffalo, right? A Buffalo matchup against the Buffalo Bills. So um, we ready. Dude, going into Buffalo 3-0, that is exactly where the Dolphins want to be. Before the season, I think we were talking, if they're 2-2 two and two after four weeks, we'll be happy. But that all sounded of a sudden, like me. That was my voice right there. <laughs> 
But all of a sudden, man, things are looking great. Thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. If you're liking what you're listening to, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. On Twitter, jmendel94. On Twitter, at Houts. On YouTube, take it to the Houts. Thank you, everyone, who just have joined us recently. We've been getting some nice comments, so we appreciate that. But for another Dolphins podcast, we will talk to you Sunday night following, hopefully, another Miami Dolphins victory. But until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.